Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. Set. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into episode number 600 of Underground Sports Philadelphia, presented by the city of Vineland. It's KB and Matt coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to dive into from the Eagles, the Sixers, the Flyers, the Phillies, and a whole lot more. But before we get into all of that, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook.com slash underground sports phi you can follow matt on twitter at matt castarina you can follow me at kbizzl 311 subscribe 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 to the podcast feed on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcast in audio form leave a five-star rating and review it goes a long way for helping the show continue to grow helps more people find underground sports philadelphia and helps us achieve New goals that we have here for 2024 and beyond. So keep on subscribing wherever you get your podcasts in audio form. And subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That is where you get full video episodes of this show twice a week, full video episodes of every podcast on our network, clips, shorts, live streams, original video content. It all goes down on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. We are currently at 712 subscribers. Let, let's get to 800 by the end of the month. I think that's a very doable thing. Keep on subscribing. Smash that like button. Ring the bell icon. And leave a comment down below uh, with your thoughts on everything Matt and I discuss on the episode this week. And, of course, this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And the City of Vineland Municipal Calendar features city-organized, city-sponsored, and city-affiliated events that are of public interest. The calendar, which is accessible at vinelandcity.org, is a good way for residents and visitors to build awareness, remain engaged with city government, and participate in local events. You can also follow the City of Vineland on social media via their Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube pages. And through these tools, you can stay connected to the community and get important announcements about programs and services offered by the city. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. And big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. Happy New Year, everybody. Matt, New Year, same us. What's going on, brother? Living the dream. The Philadelphia Eagles are certainly still in a nightmare, and it is brought to you by our awesome merch partners at PHI Apparel Company. Right now, they are running a 25% off everything sale through the end of the week. I believe through January 8th or 9th, uh, you can get 25% off all their merch on their website, including Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast merch. That includes this show's merch, outside the box, top bins, streamer season, get in the hole, the whole nine yards, plus incredible Philly sports merch. From the Eagles, the Phillies, the Flyers, the Sixers, the Union. That will definitely make sure you are standing out in the crowd. 
so go to phiapparel.co, and when you go to check out any time of year, go to uh, the little code box there and use code UNDERGROUND for 10% off any and all orders. But right now through Monday, so January 8th, 25% off using code Happy New Year at phiapparel.co. Code Happy New Year for 25% off. AJ Brown finally talked to the media, Matt, and uh, wouldn't you know, he said everything that the media didn't want to hear. Yeah. Um, I think he gave an honest assessment, though, of the fact that this team has not been playing well. It's four last five. Um, that was the worst of the bunch. That might be one of the worst regular season losses uh, that you, you ever see. Um, certainly one of the worst defensive performances. I think, you've got, you know, obviously it wasn't maybe as high scoring as, as some other games have been, but just the fact that it never felt like you were going to get a stop against the Cardinals at any point. Um, and this is not a high-flying offense in the Cardinals either. I, I think we talked after the, the Seahawks game, though, that if Drew Locke can go on a game-winning drive against you, any quarterback and any offense can, and you've seen that play out. This team was lucky to not lose to Tyrod Taylor and the Giants. You know, this this team was um, not unlucky in losing to the Cardinals, and they're not going to be uh, unlucky next week when they probably lose to the Giants. You Like, it's just, I don't know how you have any faith in them right now to, to get a stop defensively. I don't. I couldn't tell you what the problem is. Well, actually, I could. It, Matt Patricia certainly does not help, but um, really, too, like injury-wise, you're only missing two starters on this defense. It's not like this was like, man, you know, you just really last year got very lucky with injuries. This year, not so. No, <laughs> you're missing two starters this past week. Um, and Avante Maddox was back. You have a you have a lot of capital invested in that defense, both draft capital and contracts, and they have not lived up to the billing. I think it's, you're seeing issues on, on both sides in terms of like personnel and coaching are really letting you down uh, defensively. And I don't know how you have any faith in this team to beat the Giants next week. And I don't know how you have any faith of them going to Tampa Bay in two weeks and winning, honestly. And that would be some kind of way, I think, to like bookmark this chapter of the Eagles thing is, you know, obviously like so much of the, our, our apprehension going into last season and the Eagles organization, too, by the way, uh, was that, that loss in Tampa Bay with Jalen Hurts, and you felt like, wow, like maybe this is not a guy that we can win with. This has been, I think, buried, and I think the Eagles organization would love for it to stay buried, but they wanted Allen Robinson that offseason. They wanted Deshaun Watson. They wanted Russell Wilson. Like, this team was not – they weren't just like uh, they were – no, they wanted those players, and they got very lucky, honestly, that they didn't get them, that Russell Wilson said no – and that they weren't going to go to the guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson wanted, and they weren't able to land Allen Robinson, then they wait to the draft, and they're able to somehow get A.J. Brown. You're like, there's a lot of sliding doors that went right for them, and, you know, I, I don't want to make, like, too many judgments on, like, Sirianni and all this, but it's it's hard to not see last year as a little bit more of a fluke than I think people want to admit, and that they were, they were like, actively trying to not have the team as it was last season. You know, they were actively going out trying to, to acquire different pieces. And then this year, some of the decision-making has been really bizarre. Matt Patricia is your – not even – the fact that they're not even saying that he's the defensive coordinator I think makes it even worse. You know, like it's already a bad decision, and you're not even standing by it either. You know, I think that's, that's the worst thing of all this. I think the fascinating part – I forget who pointed this out on Twitter, but I saw it. The Eagles run defense through, I think, like week nine was like – 
giving up 66 yards on the ground, very elite at stopping the run. And then since then, it's been just the floodgates have opened up. And Matt, do you know who got injured in week nine and has not seen the field since? Uh, the the Eagles run defense has gotten absolutely abysmal. Go ahead and tell me. The Kobe Dean. Yeah. Yeah. Not having a, a linebacker, you know, that, that I mean, that's a, a position that already the Eagles don't uh, don't really focus on, but it's it's bad. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bad crazy right that now. one guy has made I, I refuse to believe it was just Nakobe. Like, sure. That's certainly like I'm sure that hasn't helped, but um I just think as a whole I, I think too like teams now have been able to to scheme in ways like the Cardinals are a bad matchup for the Eagles, right, too, because they'll run a lot of like two tight end sets mm-hmm. and that's been like giving the Eagles a lot of problems. Um and you know, I, I just think teams have started to really figure them out. You know, I, I think, and they're they're lucky that this streak was not worse. You know, we talked so much about when they're in the hard part of the schedule that, you know, the, the coin kind of flips both ways, right? You know, if you win the game, it's because that's what good teams do. If you lose a game, well, you know, it's a close game or whatever. They're like that Bills game, right? <laughs> unbelievable. The Chiefs game. Chiefs game. Unbelievable. You know, like unbelievable kind of wins. Like, I, you know, and it, it's just the Cowboys game. If Dak doesn't step out of bounds, right? You know, you you you're. Your luck and I think the the kind of momentum has really fallen out and um, yeah I mean it has the potential to really implode on itself too you know like AJ Brown I think has been fine you know like he hasn't he doesn't strike me as someone that's like blowing up right now but I don't know if you have another disappointing week next week and then you have a a, a bouncing out of the the first round you're telling me like no one in this locker room is gonna be pissed off about that you know like I, and I don't they're know. already pissed off like, right but you know like I mean in like a oh, real yeah, like, like I this. Know, this situation becomes really bad, you know, and it's not just a bunch of like hyper competitive guys want to win like th- that this could turn. I mean, also too, like we were already talking about this off season as a potential transition point, you know, this could be Kelsey's last season could be losing Lane Johnson. Even like there, there's the, all of a sudden the advantages that you hold this season could be gone. You know, the, the dominant offensive line, the rules could change next year. Right. And the tush push is no longer this like, you know, overpowered weapon you can use at the two-yard line like there, there's a lot of stuff that could all of a sudden really flip for the Eagles and that's that's been the story of the last month there's just a, a total total shift in the feeling around this team and the performance yeah and AJ's direct quote today to the media was like honestly the reason why I didn't speak to the media after the game was because I didn't want to be negative I had already transitioned to the mindset where we were going through a tough time and so me personally the person I am who just no, I just have to go back to work. Ain't nothing I can do about it. Like I said, after the Giants game, how I was raised, if I had nothing nice to say, I'm not going to say anything at all. I'm not about to compound the negative with the negative so you guys can write more negative stuff. You guys watch the game too, so you guys already know. So that's why I was like, there's nothing more that I can say. I'm just not I'm not trying to make it worse than what it is. And then on top of that, everything that I do, if I say something, if I do anything, I'm classified as a monster, honestly, and it's honestly the opposite. And that all stems from the Marcus Hayes column that came out a couple days ago saying that the number one problem with the Eagles was A.J. Brown, which I think is quite honestly the polar opposite. He, like, has been (laughs) one of the bright For the fact that, first of all, every wide receiver is a diva. Like, every every top-level wide receiver. Mina Kimes once said, and I think this extends to wide receivers as well, is your quarterback either needs to believe in God or think that he is God. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what you need for, like, a great quarterback. I think that's the same for a wide receiver. Like, it's, you kind of need... to believe the one that carries the knife. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but truly, like, every top-level wide receiver is like that. They all have... Because 
I just don't know that you get to, and it, a lot of like defensive backs are like that too. Like there's just something about that competitive one-on-one edge that you need, and those guys have, and fairly, <laughs> fairly so, a very high ego. And think I've I've not seen Asia Brown be a diva at all. No. You know, like, and I I think he maybe has a reputation for it. I don't know. I don't even know that he ever even had that in Tennessee. No. Um. So I I don't know. I mean, the guy when he was in Tennessee was playing on two busted knees for an entire season that a doctor said he should have had season-ending surgery in the second week of the season, like, two years ago. So, like, the guy just wants to win. Like, he is a competitor. You've seen that in year one with the Eagles. You've seen that this year. Like, he's gone out there, and even in a a poorly schemed offense, A.J. Brown has found ways to – make this offense like go when the ball is in his hands and anybody saying that the problem with the Eagles is AJ Brown or as Marcus Hayes said the guy that wears number 11 you need to look yourself in the mirror and like you're clearly not watching the games and you're just farming for clicks I don't yeah I don't know where the AJ Brown because he also is like not gotten a lot of uh a lot of targets like he hasn't had those like in the middle of the season where we talk about him and the same he didn't have a touchdown all of December same sentence as Tyreek Hill he's been way off that pace you know like he has and if there's a reason if there was like a moment to be frustrated by that as a wide receiver and want like your share you know it has been the last few weeks and that really hasn't in my view and honestly the offense is not what's wrong with this team like I, I really the offense has not been what it was last year they don't have like the easy buttons and they don't have the play calling that I think they had last season but it is the fact that you cannot rely at all on this defense to make any stop especially over the last month and a half, it is, it's gotten worse and worse. You know, early in the season, you could throw on this team a lot. You know, like that was, that was the big issue. And we understood that we understood that was a, a potential coming into the year. But um, now like you've seen some of the worst defensive performances of most people's lives, you know, and that's, that's just, what are you supposed to do with that? So I don't know. I, th- I think this is a, this is a team that is just begging to be put out of its misery, honestly. And they are on a, just, all all team bad vibes. I don't think there's a a team going into the playoffs that has worse vibes. I can't I can't no. there's there's not a single team. There are teams that are on like the third starter or their fourth starter. The Cleveland Browns are on their fourth starter this season and have better vibes than the Eagles. That's crazy. Um and I mean the defense has been historically bad. The offense is just it's not even that the offense is bad, it's just they're so predictable. Like, you know what's coming. Like, we were watching the game on New Year's Eve, and I'm sitting on my my living room couch, and I see Jack Stoll check in, and I was like, well, Jalen Hurts is going to do a, a QB keeper to the side where Jack Stoll is. It's exactly what they did. And my mom was like, how'd you know what they were going to do? I was like, they are that predictable that I can sit here on the couch, see who's going out on the field, and know what play is coming. And I think the... It has gotten to all-time bad vibes where you have Brian Johnson in his weekly press conference talking about the third and 20 uh, QB draw or the screenplay, whatever it was, and chalking it up to the wind was in their face. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you have, you're completely lost if you're chalking up your play calling on third and 20 to the wind. Like, this team is littered with Pro Bowl, all-pro caliber players, and you're not utilize it, it is literally and i've seen it a bunch that meme of the sports car in like the the rundown house outside garage type thing like that's the eagles talent and 
the the houses, the the play calling, and the situations that they're in. This team is too talented to be where they are, and we've said this for weeks. And it, it's just a matter of time until you know week one of the playoffs, wild card round happens. You lose in round one, and then all hell breaks loose. You you have turnover and everything, and you know we love Howie Roseman. But I think you also have to put a little bit of blame on him for not prioritizing the linebacker position this offseason, for not prioritizing uh, secondary depth and and throwing the bag at James Bradbury, throwing the bag you know more at the defensive line. Not that you don't want that, but I think the other issue with the defensive line and, and the defensive play calling is that last year with Jonathan Gannon, he had a rotation going with the guys. You were you were getting fresh sets of, of defensive linemen in there every single drive the defensive line has not rotated nearly enough this year and you can tell they're all gassed like you have this fabricated storyline now of oh Jordan Davis is out of shape we weren't saying that in the Bills game when he's running at a top speed to chase down Josh Allen to prevent the Bills from winning that game yeah these guys are exhausted because one they can't get off the field and two they're just not getting the proper rotation for a defensive line that Sure, you have guys like Jordan Davis, you have Jalen Carter, you have Josh Sweat who are younger, but like there's a lot of veterans on that defensive line. You need to rotate them in and out in order to keep them fresh in an 18-game schedule, and that's why it seems like the defensive line has not gotten any pressure against opposing offensive lines, and they've just gotten beat in the trenches, and that's number one what Howie Roseman preaches about is you have to win in the trenches, and this Eagles team has not won in the trenches for like a month and a half. Yeah, I mean, that that's like his whole philosophy too is – um you spend heavily in certain areas that are the real impactful parts, and, and a lot of that is on, on you know, your your defensive line and being able to pressure the quarterback. And if that's not paying off, then the fact that you've sort of done gone the budget route, it's like it's like cooking a really good meal and like skimping on you know the spices and maybe the sauce or something, but really like prizing you know, like the meat or whatever. But then you get like the meat is like maybe not as good as you wanted it to be, or you like froze it and it like freezer burn it. You know, like it just. There's something wrong with your main component now. It's sort of ruined the you have entire... Gour- you have gourmet ingredients, and you're putting it in an easy-bake oven. Yeah. Like, it's just not... It's It, it has not turned out the way, I think, how Roseman expected. And I don't know. I, I think, again, I, I think they're still slated to play the Bucks on the road. And I there's not a team that is in the NFC playoffs right now that I feel comfortable saying this team could beat. I don't. I don't know because yeah, it's 49ers, Lions, Cowboys, Eagles, Packers, Rams. Packers, Rams. I wouldn't trust them to beat the Packers. I'm definitely not no. trusting them to beat the Rams. You're telling me the Rams are not putting up 40 on this team? <laughs> like honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like the those are your playoff teams, you know, and like it's again, very like the only team that could theoretically make the playoffs, and and that the Eagles would face is the Saints. That is the only team that to me is just dead on arrival. Like the Saints are the Saints are actually the Eagles, just with like a worse quarterback situation. And you a know, money like, laundering scheme. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's honest, like they're both just like both teams just begging to lose in the first round. So that'd actually be the most pathetic, I think, first Ugh. round matchup we could get. But I'm t- this team loses to Baker. If they oh, hundred like, percent. The way he's been playing the last two months. Good night. You're not stopping Mike Evans. No. Um and I mean, I don't know about you. I just don't see a world where 
whoever you want to call the defensive coordinator right now, and Brian Johnson are back next year. You you just you can't do that. Adam Schefter went on 97.5 this morning and said Nick Sirianni's job is is safe, which it should be. You know he's he's the only head coach in Eagles history to get this team to the playoffs in the first three years of being the head coach, and that's what you want in the NFL is your team to get to the playoffs. Sirianni's safe, obviously, but they have to nail the coordinator positions next season. There's there's no way you can bring either of those guys back um, a, as your coordinators and expect a different result next year or to expect like fans to think that this team can do anything with those guys at the helm. You have to nail your offensive and defensive coordinators, especially if Nick Sirianni is not a play caller. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is those um, – now you re-enter this market – where I would say the two top coordinators are McDonald and where ben, is he from again? Uh, the Ravens. That's right. He's the Ravens defensive coordinator, and Ben Johnson, who's the Lions offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Those are the two like two names that everyone's going to want, that everyone's going to be interested in, that you're not getting because they're getting head coaching jobs. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to come and coordinate for your team. Um, a name that I think has gone under the radar, but again, I think is going to be a head coaching candidate probably with Washington is Eric Bieniemy, And I think he's been totally lost by the way. in all this chiefs discussion, no one has mentioned that he moved on mm-hmm. and that like, I know like it, it's always hard to tell between him and Andy Reed who gets the credit, whatever. Like there, there's always going to be that question when you, you know, you're a coordinator working under someone like Andy Reed, but um, I don't know, you know, for, for half this season, um, What's his name? Sam Howell was leading the league in passing yards. You like I don't know. Like maybe the enemy's good at his job, but he's he's probably a head coaching um, candidate. It seemed that's why he left KC to begin with. Um, I don't know who you get. <laughs> There's the 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 Raiders defensive coordinator has done really well, but again, you're you're, you're not necessarily going to be able to convince someone to just make a lateral move, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just. I don't know who you have in-house. I mean, we know the Raiders. The Raiders situation, too, with uh, Antonio Pierce is lining up that they just try to pay Lincoln Riley $50 million a year because that's what the Raiders do. They bring in the the interim coach when you fire the guy that you had. He, like, restores camaraderie in the locker room, and then the the Davis family just says, all right, thanks for, for the season, and then they go and get the shiny toy that they don't need. I mean I- – Antonio Pierce, I think, would be a great defensive coordinator. I don't coordinator. think Raiders – no, there's the defensive coordinator for the Raiders, I think. Oh, no, I'm yeah, saying yeah, – because yeah, yeah. he'll probably – I don't think the Raiders can spend money on another head coach because they're, they're paying, paying two. two guys already. <laughs> I just – It wouldn't I, shock me, though. I, but he doesn't have the money. Like, that's the problem is, like, Davis does not have, like – for being an NFL owner, he's on, like, the poorer side. Um, it's like the Bengals situation. Like, the Bengals can't really – like they were having trouble figuring out like Burrow's um, contract structure because all that money has to go in escrow. Like it has to go into an account or into a fund that it can't be touched and to, to ensure that that player is actually going to get paid. And they didn't, weren't able to get like 300 million together and put it in an escrow account. Cause like they don't have, like they're not that kind of wealth. That's just like a, they bought that team in like the fifties or sixties just been passed down. So they, they just have accrued, <laughs> you know, a lot of wealth through that, but it's like, 
they're not David Tepper who's worth like $20 billion and can just throw drinks and, and do whatever not he wants. not saying like he's that rich, but we do know who a minority owner for the Raiders is who definitely has some strings with the NFL. I would listen. Tom, old, old TB12. You're telling me right now Don Brady offensive coordinator. You're saying no. <laughs> Sign me up. It's a question of if he would just rather be the head coach. Right. Kevin Durant. Coach owner. Just just bring Durant over from the union. Just like. <laughs> I would take Antonio Pierce as a defensive coordinator. I, th- I think I think he'll try and leverage this into a. I mean, they could make the playoffs. Yeah. So he might try and leverage this into a. You know who would have been a great defensive show. coordinator? He's uh, currently the defensive backs coach for the Baltimore Ravens. That was in house with you. That every single defensive back was like. We love this guy, uh, Denard Wilson. And have we seen what the Ravens DBs are doing this year? See what the Ravens DBs did against the 49ers? Would have been nice to have him in the fold instead of, you know, listening to Vic Fangio and, you know, being like, oh, well, yeah. you could have had Vic Fangio. That's the thing, too. You know, you had Vic Fangio here. And this is this was part of the beef with, with Gannon, too, is that mm-hmm. Gannon sort of, you know, slipped out the door and, and, and did an early kind of release program with Arizona. Um, and that messed up the Eagles' plans and allowed Fangio, like, he went to Miami, and I think if they had known they were going to be out a defensive coordinator, they probably would have made an advance on Fangio much earlier, and maybe, you know, maybe this year looks different. So it's it's all it's all gone bad for the Eagles this year. It sucks. I wish Denard Wilson would have stayed. I mean, I would hire him back. You know, I think he's done such a, a great job with the Ravens DBs that he's going to be in line for a defensive coordinator position somewhere. Um, I think a team would be smart to do that, but I don't know. The Eagle season, it, it's one of those things where, like, I'm around football so much, too, with Vineland football and, and broadcasting it. Like, I love that portion of football season for sure. That is such a fun joy for me. But by the time, like, January, February rolls around, I'm so burnt out with football and I am with the way things are going with this team right now. I'm so burnt out with just the, the constant drama around this team that I am just counting down until I think it's February 24th first spring trading game. Yeah. Yeah. If we could use the vibes of a, uh, but even then, I don't know. <laughs> Broke my heart. Yeah. <laughs> Um, cause then here's the problem is like you get that and then we're going to have to sit through a Sixers playoff situation. You know, that's the problem is like the early Philly season is really marred by total disappointment in the Sixers. And now the Flyers too. the Flyers are now going to make us sit through playoffs too. Like it's just, it's crazy how those two teams have captured the vibes and, and like the feel good as opposed to the teams we expected to, uh, be delivering those but the uh i've seen a bunch of people talking about this too would you sit any of the starters this week um i think you probably should because the odds of the cowboys losing to washington are slim and very slim i think maybe you start the game and see that the cowboys are up 28 to 10 I think you keep Devontae off that field no matter what. Yeah, with absolutely. the ankle there's, injury, there's and no shot. MetLife's uh, turf, and yeah, I think Lane Johnson no, you know, because he's one sneeze away from a, <laughs> a groin. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think you probably limit the guys that are already you know dealing with stuff, which is probably most of them. But you know, there's stuff you're really concerned about, and come in at halftime, see how the Cowboys game is, and 
see if there's a realistic possibility. Because, I mean, if you do have a shot at, at, at the division, sure. But mm-hmm. like, I just don't. Let's be real. Washington has every reason to want to lose. They've somehow worked their way to the number two pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have every reason to want to lose on, on Sunday. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the... The only like funny part from that Cardinals game before we uh, we move on to the other teams in this city was that Sidney Brown got the 99-yard interception return, and uh, the Eagles drafted Sidney Brown 66th overall, and that was the pick that they got in the Jonathan Gannon tampering case. Yeah, I mean, that's when it felt good. That's when it felt like, oh, yeah, we're going to – You're up 21-6. We'll figure this out. And then, well, never mind. It was terrible. Um, let's push to – the hardwood it's brought to you by our pals over at kenwood beer the official beer partner of underground sports philadelphia it's a light refreshing beer only 4.1 percent abv just eight grams of carbs 120 calories go to kenwoodbeer.com see where they've got kenny's on tap in the philadelphia pittsburgh maryland and new jersey areas you can also get it at your local liquor store in those markets check out their storefront as well at kenwoodbeer.com they've got awesome pint glasses great new merch before we know it st patrick's day will be here and they've got kelly green uh kenny merch that you can double up you know with the eagles and of course for st patrick's day Go to KenwoodBeer.com, use that Kenny Finder, see who's got it on tap, or at your local liquor store. It must be 21 or older to do so, and of course, please drink responsibly. Uh, as Pat Bev says, Matt, the, the B2A tour continued last night, uh, the belt to ass, as uh, the Sixers finally beat the Chicago Bulls, and Joel Embiid was back, had a triple-double by the third quarter, and um, Pat Bev, on his podcast that came out today, had... Quite the high praises for the reigning MVP, saying that if Joel Embiid finishes the season the way that he is playing, it could go down as the greatest season of a basketball player ever. I mean, he has been amazing. You know, we talked about this, that he's having a, a better year so far than he did in his MVP year. Um, but good luck getting that award because of I think the sour taste a lot of people had after, uh, after the playoffs last year, but... Yeah, what he's doing this season is is really impressive, um, and doing it on a high usage rate, doing it efficiently, great scoring season again. He's just been fantastic, um, and I, I think too the fact that you know there there's a question about without James Harden, you know, would he have he, Harden definitely helped him last year. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, he was a great playmaker. You know, they he led the league in assists, and and then be led the league in scoring. You know, like it was a great there's a great duo there, but. Um, yeah, Embiid has looked fantastic, and I just think is um, having another great regular season, and so that's been nice. But still, does not stop the lingering. Um, no, and OG Anunoby now to to worry about. Yeah, I wanted um, to get your thoughts on that trade too. That was it. Kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, a nice little Saturday before New Year's Eve trade news dump at one p.m. Yeah, OG goes to the Knicks, who the Sixers' next opponent will be the New York Knicks on Friday. Um, very strange trade, I would say. Well, considering that you know the price for Ananobi last year was uh, like Masai wanted like three or four firsts for him, that you don't get a first off of this one is um is surprising. Quickly is interesting, but seems like one of these guys that you know has good numbers on like 
lower minutes and maybe you expect might expand that role, might get better. Who knows? Like that, I think that's that's the bet they're making. I like OG. Um, I wouldn't have minded him on the Sixers, obviously. I think he fits like the kind of mold of a player that the Sixers could definitely use, but not sure what the Knicks are looking at right now. Um, they, they don't feel like a team that is like... I think if things go right for them, they're like a conference finals team. Yeah, like I think they could do that, but... I, I don't see much more than that, and it just it feels like kind of a, a strange move for them. And you're going to have to pay him now a lot of money. And I think that was like the one apprehension I had about him is like, you're finally going to get off this overpaid Tobias Harris contract. And Tobias has been like fine, but it's just mm-hmm. the contract has been bad. Um, and you really want to sign up for another one. Like, you know, like Literally. You know, you, you want to sign. You're going to have to pay OG like $45 million a year. It's crazy. No, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm actually, I'm okay. I'm all right. I, I think, you know, I, it's, I, I think that's, that's part of this. Yeah. I think I saw Derek Bodner say too, like the, the Raptors didn't want to pay OG's next contract and it felt like the Knicks didn't want to pay RJ Barrett's next contract. Right. And RJ Barrett is going to like have some Canadian rehab moment here. Um, <laughs> You just get him back on the run through the, the right, six with his woes. The right side of the border, and and that's uh, that's how he's gonna go. Uh, yeah, I, I I think I think for that too, like it it's it's an interesting trade, but um, takes at least one name off the board that uh, that has been obviously linked to the Sixers quite a bit, and pretty much every contending mm-hmm. team has been linked to, to Ananobi. So yeah, I saw Demarcus Cousins now has a podcast with Rachel Nichols, and he was like, "This feels like a move that precedes another move." that the Knicks would at least attempt to make because it doesn't feel like OG is like the full on like needle move for a roster like that. I think, I think the idea though is that he is like a great complimentary piece mm-hmm. and is like, can be the third or fourth guy on a, on a good NBA team. Um, he said he feels like Luol Dang in a Tom yeah. Thibodeau type of offense. I think that's, that's fair. Um, I think too, you know, like you have like you have pieces on the Knicks, like Jalen Brunson, obviously, like has played well. Um, I think there's like concern about him in the playoffs, and maybe OG is like a guy you hope to pair with him uh, as like that good defensive wing that can maybe help you out. I don't, I don't know. Like I, I think that's that's where the Knicks are at it, but it does make um, Sixers life more interesting because you know you have weird uh inner division trade too so it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not even like OG's like out of the division now it's like cool like don't have to like play him it, nope that's <laughs> i love still the here. uh somebody put a meme out that or it might have been kyle newbeck that said it um don't let or it was like the tire like Knicks trade for og and obi wired nba league office forces trade to end the pistons uh losing streak and then boom pistons end up winning Against the Raptors. I think the Raptors were, like, on a back-to-back, too. Like, <laughs> disgusting. Um, I mean, the Sixers are 23-10. and 10. Good win against the Bulls. Great win against the Rockets the other night, too. Um, last Friday. And, you know, you have the Knicks at home on Friday. And then you have the Jazz on a back-to-back. Oddly enough, the Jazz coming in on January 6th. That's pretty funny. Um, and then you go to Atlanta. And then you have a bunch of uh, Western Conference teams rolling into the Wells Fargo Center as well. 
So a lot of home games upcoming for the Sixers, which is nice after a pretty lengthy road trip there to end 2023. But, um, I mean, right now, Joel Embiid, NBA uh, MVP favorite, plus 220 right now. Jokic right behind him at plus 260. And then uh, SGA at plus 380. Just put it all on Shea because it, it's it's a narrative award. Mm-hmm. Um, Oklahoma City is going to finish as like a top two seed most likely. Um, could even be like a top three, but you kind of have to finish in like the, the top part of the conference to get the award. And um, he's going to have all of the narrative of just a young, like upstart team. He's at the front of that. He's been a guy that I think for the last like two, three seasons, a lot of people have really liked, but you know, hasn't either stayed healthy or the Thunder have been cautious with, with playing him because they know their bright future. There's no point in like, you know, really, really risking anything with him. So, um, to me, he's he's my personal favorite because I just think Jokic and, and Embiid. We've heard this story, but like that's just what it turns into. Mm-hmm. It's like who's the next next thing? Embiid, you could even say last year, like gets it because he didn't get it the year before. And it mm-hmm. was kind of not that it was a makeup call, but like it was like okay, well we got to get Embiid his because he's deserved it the last two years, but just has gotten unlucky with who's been up. Again. You know, like it just it goes that way. And then next year it'll be Jokic because he'll have another great season. Like we should, he should have been the MVP the last two years. You know, mm-hmm. like it's just that's <laughs> just. How it goes. Um, and I mean, talking about Tobias, like last week and a half, two weeks, especially when Embiid's been out, has been putting the team on his back. And it's been like, it's the uh, the scene from SpongeBob. This is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like their starting five is good, but the bench has not been, uh, not been fantastic. Which I mean, has it been a, a strength of Embiid's this year, though? You know, like mm-hmm. I think. Um, it's it's a deeper team, and I think that's that's definitely helped. I mean, even in like games you've you've missed out with Embiid, it doesn't feel quite like a death sentence anymore. Yeah, <laughs> like it, um, it's certainly not. You know, you're not you're not favorites to win most games that you don't have Embiid, but it doesn't feel like this team goes three and twenty without right. Embiid. You know, and I think part of that too is like just who is on your bench as opposed to what it's been years past. Like you have veterans who have, no pun intended here with Paul Reed, but like been through the mud and like know how to kind of like rally the troops whether it's Pat Bev in the regular season you know Marcus Morris like having like those grizzled veterans on the bench that like keep your your mindset going in a game without Joel Embiid like even like last year I don't think they win that Rockets game yeah yeah and then you have you know moments where Pat Bev takes over like late with like nine points down the stretch Marcus Morris hits that clutch shot like there's moments where we we have sat and watched that exact game time and time again and they end up losing and the fact that they were able to kind of grind that one out and didn't quit Maxie had a phenomenal game and I think that's been another you know part of the overall success of the Sixers this year is like once again Tyrese Maxie's taking that next step and I feel like it doesn't get talked about enough, like, with Maxie, and you and I have discussed this a, a bunch, where, like, Tyrese Maxie played, like, what, a month of college basketball? Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, it... And just jumped thankful, right into the NBA. should be thankful for that, because uh, without it, he probably doesn't, doesn't get to you. Like, he's pretty much, in his, you know, elevated basketball career, has been just the NBA. Yeah. I mean, it's like James Wiseman, too, you know, like, it... There's a lot of players in that draft that, you know, have the if Wiseman maybe plays a full season, maybe he's not 
you know, such a highly coveted pick. Who knows? Yeah. Shout out Mike Muscala. Um, and it is weird, like, in years past, too, with the NBA trade deadline with this team, it's, like, always trying to find, like, the next, like, star piece. And you and I talked about this last week where it's, like, it does feel like a, a secondary piece. But it also feels like right now, like, you kind of don't want to fuck up what the Sixers have going. Yeah. Like, you don't want to, like, dismantle any of kind of just the way that this roster has been rolling. And, I mean, if you can find a piece that, that upgrades you, great. But right now, like, this team is just rolling on all cylinders. And, you know, best start for a Sixers team since 2001, which we all know what happened that year. Um, and that's, you know, exciting. I know it's the regular season, and we got to see them do it in the playoffs. But it, it does feel like a couple of things have flipped a little bit. With this team, and it starts with coaching. I'm not saying I'm in, but I fucking love Nick Nurse. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like him more than Doc Rivers, but no. <laughs> I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. Nothing has changed. This team, I'm telling you right now, I would love to be wrong. I would love to do a conference finals preview on this show. Never had the chance to do it. Facts. And I'm telling you right now, they're losing in six <laughs> in the second round. If we're lucky, we lose in Game 7. And if we're even luckier, it's not a massive blowout. It's just another heartbreaker. On breaker. Mother's Day? Yeah. I'm telling you. It's just, it's, just, it's just what we are. We have yearned for the conference The final. hilarious thing is we would make it to the conference finals and lose in, like, five. Like, you know, like... It's unbelievable. Um, so we'll see how things uh, shake up over the next couple weeks with the Sixers uh like we said Knicks on Friday Jazz on Saturday then you go to Atlanta just to come back home for three games against the Kings the Sixers and the Nuggets which I did see um the Kings game on Friday January 12th is now going to be on ESPN so for all the people that were looking to watch that game that's where it'll be um let's uh let's shift to baseball free agency Brought to you by our pals over at FOCO. Guys, you saw me wearing the the Phillies overalls all baseball season long. They've got the Eagles ones in stock and all of your favorite teams as well. They've got the velour track suits and, of course, the uh, the staple of FOCO, those bobbleheads that you can throw up in your basements, your man caves, your offices, wherever it may be. FOCO has you covered. They've got awesome vintage t-shirts uh, and apparel that you can rock as well. Uh, they've been rocking with us for a few months now, and, and they are truly the best in the game. Click the link in the description. Check out everything FOCO has to offer from MLB, NHL, NFL, NBA, WWE, entertainment, college uh, sports. They've also got professional soccer. Uh, memorabilia as well for your Premier League teams. They got you covered, and it's all officially licensed. So go to the link in the description, check out FOCO, and shout out to FOCO for sponsoring the podcast. I don't know what I make of these rumors that uh, the most plugged-in national media member in baseball with the Phillies, John Heyman, continues to uh, throw around Matt, but apparently the Phillies, even missing out on Yamamoto, they are still in on the high-end level starters, including Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery. 
I don't know if that's just Scott Boris using the Phillies because he can, but I would love me some Jordan Montgomery in this rotation for the Phillies, and I wouldn't mind Blake Snell. Um, but I do like the at least the surface narrative that the Phillies are still being aggressive, uh, even though you know pen to paper hasn't happened since Aaron Nola resigned. But I do like the Phillies continuing to kind of apply the pressure and and not pull themselves out of any kind of pool for a free agent, no matter what level free agent they are. Yeah, I um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I like that there there's still names being floated out there, and whether or not they're legitimate, who knows? But um, the fact that you're still, I mean, listen, the fact that they were serious about Yamamoto and um. That they were even serious about like Blake Snell interest before Arnola. Um, who knows? I, I'm curious what's happened with Blake Snell because he seemed like a guy that, you know, would have would have gotten snapped up pretty quick. And even someone like Montgomery too, mm-hmm. um, you think coming up. But I don't I don't know what the uh, the story is there. Um, I would take either of them honestly. I I, I have no issue whatsoever. Um, I didn't like choosing Snell over Nola, but I would take Snell. Nola and Wheeler as your your top three, and be pretty happy with that. I would take Montgomery as well, and I think Montgomery's a good Philly name too. So I yes. think uh, there's that. Shout out to Monko. Um, there's also another Japanese pitcher on the market, uh, Shoto Imanaga. Uh, he's kind of like the if you missed out on Yamamoto, he's kind of next in line. He's a little bit older than Yamamoto. He's 30 years old. Um, you'll like this. His nickname is the throwing philosopher. Okay. Um, he's another name that the Phillies are kind of being linked to, uh, Philly voice put out, uh, an article, our guy, Seamus Clancy put out an article today, uh, that the Phillies could reportedly make a play for Shota Imanaga on the free agent market. Um, uh, Jeff Passan said that the this point in the winter, Philadelphia could make a play for him as well. Um, here are his stats. Uh, in the past, players of his talent and production didn't sniff $100 million plus. Perhaps his closest com- uh, comparison is left-hander Yusei Kikuchi, um, who we've seen with the Seattle Mariners and the Toronto Blue Jays. Um at that price point, I mean, if you can get a guy that's less than $100 million, kind of finally make your presence felt in the Japanese market as well, which is something the Phillies historically have not done. They've only had two players of Japanese descent ever in franchise history. Um, so I think the fact that you were aggressive with Yamamoto and now your name is swirling around with another Japanese pitcher is a step in the right direction for kind of making your your footprint in Japanese baseball. Um, his 45-day posting window closes on January 11th, so you're going to have to make a move sooner rather than later. You have about a week to do it, um, and his market is supposed to uh, kind of take off this week is the the rumor. Yeah. I'm interested. I'm, in- I'm really interested to see what the Phillies do and – um, like you said, we're like a month and a half away from pitchers and catchers reporting, which is just feels crazy. Um, especially too, because like the Philly seasons have been running long. It feels like even less of a of a real layoff. 
Yeah, and uh, this past season, he was an all-star in Japan um, for the Yokohama Dina Bay Stars. Uh, he had an ERA of 266 in 159 innings and struck out 159 batters, and he was the Central League strikeout champion. He kind of slides in as your, your third starter, I think, if you're able to sign him, and that's what Seamus also wrote, saying that it would kind of go Wheeler, Nola, Imanaga, and then Ranger Suarez, which... Again, we talked about this last year. Like being able to lengthen this rotation with the talent that you have, I think helps you even more and just gives you more punches to throw against the the big dogs in the National League. Gives you more punches to throw, um, you know, when you have interleague play. And another thing that I loved seeing today was you know MLB starting to put out like their preseason preseason predictions and uh they had national league mvp matt being one and only bryce harper well i'm cool with that three-time nl mvp bryce harper has a great ring to it yeah i agree um i'm also still very much in on the theory that more likely than not jock peterson's gonna end up a philly well he had that bizarre <laughs> that uh, post and then nothing has happened with his market either. And I haven't checked since then to see if he has posted anything uh, since. But I'm more and more in on the idea of Jack Peterson being a Philly in 2024. I think it makes a ton of sense Yeah, for this team. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Jack has posted one photo since. And it was... Uh, him in Arizona on vacation. Just a bunch of cactuses. <laughs> I would take Jack Peterson on this team, and then obviously we've talked a ton about having to go get that, that closer for the bullpen and bringing Hector Nares back. Um, but I think you're going to start to see a bunch of signings in baseball pick up this week and next week now that the holidays are over. That's kind of just the trend that happens. Um in the baseball offseason, that if you don't sign before Christmas, you're you're more than likely waiting until a little bit after the new year. So we'll see how uh, you know it all shakes. It's also very weird that Cody Bellinger has had like no noise around his name. I think pe- I, I think um, people don't trust Cody Bellinger, and I don't either. But that might be part of it. Um. I also saw a thing because obviously he played for the Cubs last year. The Cubs have not signed a single free agent to their major league roster this offseason after coming that close to making the playoffs. They haven't done a single thing this offseason. I respect it. Quiet quitting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, we'll see how uh, free agency decides to uh, shake itself out now that the, uh, the holiday has come and gone. The... Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, it's brought to you by our pals over at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear in the game from sunglasses to blue light glasses to prescription lenses. And of course, those snow goggles for this time of year, they've got you covered with premium eyewear for a fraction of the price of those big eyewear companies. There's no need to go and spend three, four, five hundred $500 on a pair of sunglasses when you can get the same feel, the same style, and the same look from Tomahawk Shades for a, a fifth of that price, a tenth of that price. They've got you covered. You can also download the all-new Tomahawk Shades app, and just for downloading it, they've got you covered with a free pair of sunglasses. 
you can download it in the Apple App Store, Google Play Store. And uh, when you go to TomHawkShades.com or in the app and fill up your cart with everything you need, when you go to checkout, use code USP for 25% off your order. That's code USP at TomahawkShades.com or in the Tomahawk Shades app to get 25% off from our pals at Tomahawk Shades. Um, I know you're not in on the Flyers, but I did have to bring this up. It feels like uh, Mr. President, your brother, he dusted off the old, the old lockbox. Yeah, well... <laughs> He's a father too now, so I think he uh, he has to be more responsible than uh, than he was in years past. But um, yeah, I'm still out. That's that's how I'm that's how I'm gonna stay. I am uh, I'm true to my word. Um, I'm not back in on the Flyers. <laughs> that's fine. They've lost three straight. Tough road trip. Sure. Seems like it's all tough for them. I don't know. I, I just I'm not in. <laughs> I'm not on this ride. The uh let me pull up the standings right now. I mean the the consensus right now is the the Rangers are the best team in the uh the Eastern Conference. Them and the Bruins are the only teams with 50 points so far. Um we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, they're finally home for a while. Um, coming up, I'm pulling up their schedule here. So after this road trip, they have four straight home games against the Blue Jackets, the Flames, the Penguins, and the Canadians uh, before they go back out on the road against the Minnesota Wild, the Winnipeg Jets, and the St. Louis Blues. I think the the real litmus test, if you have one, is just seeing where this team is come the Winter Classic. Yeah. Playing in an outdoor game like that and – seeing you know where they kind of fall in the standings I know Ryan Whitney talks about how you kind of know who's going to be in the NHL playoffs give or take one or two teams in both conferences by Thanksgiving which I still feel like is kind of a little early to tell um even though hockey's kind of it's like a month or so into the season I think it's a little too early to kind of tell and sure the season ends in like April but I think for a team like the Flyers, as young as they are for the most part, um, seeing where they are come that Winter Classic game at that god-awful MetLife Stadium against the Devils is kind of where I'll see if they are going to make the playoffs or not. We'll see. 43 points this season. Um, And, I mean, the young guys are playing well, and I think, that was the number one thing for this team coming into it is just seeing how finally unleashing, you know, your young talent that you had in the pipeline onto this roster. And it feels like Travis Konechny is going to be an all-star again, which is nice. Um, but we'll see 43 points for the Flyers, tough road trip, um, weird road trip. I mean, the fact that you had to go to Canada, then cross back into the U S then go back to Canada. Great job. Schedule makers. Great job. Travel. Uh, from the NHL, but uh, the other bit of Philly sports news that came out uh, was the union schedule dropped this week. Messy mania, probably going to skip through Philadelphia because he'll be on the international break with Argentina. Um, So unfortunate for uh, all the Messi fans in the tri-state area, but the union schedule dropped. Um, Could be a different looking team. 
by the time uh, the games are played. But it is, uh, it's one of those things too, kind of similar to the Phillies, where it's like, damn, schedules already here, and we're getting ready for another season of Union Soccer. Yeah, I mean, the when uh, pitchers and catchers are reporting, the Union season starts back up end of February, so um, it starts early too with the Concacaf Champions League too. So, um, you yeah, know, no. Not a ton of news just yet on on who's uh, who's going to be back. Um, obviously, some of the Kai Wagner you, you don't expect to be back, and there's a few other names. We'll see. Um, I'll say the Red Bulls signed Emil Forsberg, which makes me mad. One of my favorite players, but uh, he's kind of bounced around the uh, the Red Bull uh, <laughs> the Red Bull ladder. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, not totally sure what this team is going to look like next year. And I, I think this was obviously a disappointing season and there was some circumstances because of that, the way you lost in the playoffs too, I think sucks. Um, haven't quite gotten over that, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see where they go. We'll see where they, they head out. Uh, I know they had like a pretty hard end to the season. I want to say, um, yeah, this right was, here. yeah, you got, Atlanta, Orlando, Columbus, Cincinnati to close out your season. Um, you could see at least, I mean, one of those is defending MLS champs, and then you've got, to, you know, two, maybe maybe even like all those teams, honestly, sitting at, probably at the top of the conference next year. So that could be a tough stretch. Yeah, it gets started February 24th at home against Chicago. Um, I swear we always have an early season game against Chicago. It seems like every year, that's like the uh, the staple. It's it's them with Chicago and the Phillies with the Braves. Yeah, and then around that time, the Sixers will play the Charlotte Hornets seven times. And then the Mets will come to town, you know, for four straight series, and then we don't see them again until September. Yeah. Um, and then schedule-wise as well, uh, the Philadelphia Water Dogs uh, schedule dropped, and the Homecoming weekend for the Water Dogs will be June 14th to the 16th. They'll be calling uh, Villanova University home this season. Um, not that I expect the PLL to not be playing at Subaru Park because that has been a staple of their schedule for the postseason and more specifically championship uh, day every single year of the league's existence, but to play it and the regular season wasn't going to shake out because Inter-Miami's coming to town that weekend. Um, so they'll be playing at Villanova University for their home game. Week three is the uh, the slated schedule there. And then in February, mid-February, the Water Dogs are going to be playing for uh, a trophy as well for the PLL Championship Series down in Virginia. Um, so we could have some, uh, some trophy talk come that uh, time of the year, which is about a month away. It's going to be exciting to to have them in, and within the next couple of weeks, we'll have uh, head coach Andy Copeland on this show to uh, talk some water dogs to the fans and get Matt introduced to to the dogs as well. And uh, looking forward to that with the water dog season uh, going to be picking up pretty close. And the PLL just announced their their playoff format too, which I think you'll enjoy this, Matt. It it makes a lot more sense. Uh, for the casual fans out there that the, the league is trying to uh, bring in and everything. So the new playoff format for the PLL, which will be 
talking about this a lot more in depth on the Outside the Box podcast this week, so be sure to tune into that with myself and DJ. But uh, the past couple of years, it's been seven teams make the playoffs, and then the team that finishes in last place doesn't make it. You've got the first overall pick. So now uh, this year, first time that they're having uh, conference play, so there's four teams in each conference. The conference winners get a first-round bye, um, and then your three seed plays your six seed, your four seed plays your five seed, and then the two bottom teams uh, miss the playoffs. Only six playoff teams this year for the PLL. Um, your your conference winners get a bye week, and then the inevitable winners of the 3v6, 4v5 end up playing your conference winners. The graphic that they put out today showed that uh, 3v6 plays the – the Eastern Conference champion and the 4v5 plays the West, but I don't know if that's just for graphic purposes and then based on schedule and score differential how it'll all play out, but regular season means a little bit more in the PLL this season, which is exciting, and uh, we will have uh, championship series games from February 14th to the 19th, and the Water Dogs will be playing on ESPN on uh, February 14th, which is super exciting for... uh, the PLL, and if you want to tune into that, you can. Shout out to the PLL, um, and we'll talk more about the the playoff format and everything on OTB this week. But that's all we got for you guys on this episode. Hopefully, the Eagles uh, figure something out this weekend against whoever decides to play quarterback for the New York Giants. Um, the other exciting thing, uh, you know, the NFL basically took the final preseason game and added it to week 18 because 49ers Rams this week Matt will be Sam Darnold versus Carson Wentz it's just (laughs) magic the magic of week 18 Wentz is back um make sure you guys are following us at underground PHI on Twitter Instagram TikTok threads facebook.com slash underground sports PHI twitch.tv slash underground sports PHI Follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. Follow me at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review. It goes a long way for helping us hit new milestones. It helps the show continue to grow. And, of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. That's where you get full video episodes of this show every single week, twice a week, and you get full video episodes of every show on the network. Clips, shorts, live streams, full video uh, episodes, the whole nine yards. As we have breaking news, six Philadelphia Eagles have been named to the Pro Bowl games. Looks like DeAndre Swift, Jason Kelsey, Hassan Reddick, A.J. Brown, Lane Johnson, Landon Dickerson. Well, they'll all get to play in it, too. Are your Pro Bowlers. (laughs) Won't have to worry about missing it. Get to prepare for the the Olympics, too. Yeah. Flag football. Um so yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We are currently at 712 subscribers as of this recording. Let's get to 800 before the end of the month. And uh, of course, get your merch, phiapparel.co, code underground for 10% off. And through Monday, use code Happy New Year for 25% off your order. And this show is presented by the City of Vineland. And whether you're a company looking to expand, relocate, or you're a new business startup, selecting the right location is critical to your success. Vineland, New Jersey offers both an affordable business location and an excellent quality of life. 
The city's economic development department is a one-stop source for moving your project through the development and approval process. And their goal is to make this process as smooth as possible and to provide the fastest turnaround times in the region. If you're considering potential locations for your operation, contact the Vineland Economic Development Team at 856-794-4100. That's 856-794-4100. Vineland, New Jersey, where it's always growing season. A big thank you to Security 21 Security Systems and Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated for their continued support of this podcast. It's been episode number 600 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. Let's figure it out, Eagles. Let's figure it out. But until then, we're getting the heck up out of here. We are signing off. Peace. I'm looking for the